2015, I quit the nine to five job to pursue my dream of being a full-time entrepreneur. This decision has allowed me to travel around the world, meet some incredible people, and grow a six-figure business. We've all felt that frustration of finding the perfect time to pursue our goals. Once you do get started, it's easy to wonder why you're not further along yet. Today, I'm sitting down with entrepreneurship students at Wofford College to discuss my journey and what I've learned from the mistakes along the way. We're kind of a group of a wide range of different experiences with entrepreneurship. I wanted to know if you had any advice or just what you'd say to someone who's looking to start a business or kind of just now getting their feet wet with entrepreneurship. That's a great question. I was reading something about Mark Zuckerberg the other day and he said that one of the top traits that he looks for in hiring people is curiosity. And I thought that was really interesting. I was like, you know, you would think it'd be work ethic or, you know, grades or what, where in their class did they finish? And he was like, I really care about curiosity because that means they're willing to try a lot of different things. They're willing to jump in and get things done or they're not shy about, you know, doing something they've never done before. And so I would say uh, now is the time to be really curious and like put your hands in a lot of things. You know, a lot of small businesses are in positions where, you know, they can bring on an intern or they can bring on some extra help, but they don't have you know, the ability to bring on a full-time person. So I would just say experience is super important. And like now's the perfect time to do that because you don't have a ton of, like you do have a ton of school responsibilities, but you don't have that pressure of like, you can find some extra time. But yeah, curiosity, I think that's kind of what's led me to where I am is just trying new things and not being afraid to, you know, mess up. So my question is, were there ever times, uh, you know, in your journey where you thought, okay, I, I probably need to just give this up. I probably need to go get a regular job. And, uh, you know, it just makes a lot more sense. To, uh... Yeah, that question still pops in my mind sometimes. Uh, I think everybody with the nine to five wishes they were in my spot and then everybody in my spot sometimes wishes they had, you know, the security and the health insurance and a lot of other things uh, of, that the nine to five has. Um, but I will say starting out, like, one of the things that really helped me leverage in the beginning was that I did have a full-time job over like the first two years of my business. So I was working weekends, working some nights. Um, and so it allowed me, uh, really, it allowed me to treat my customers better because I wasn't needy for, I wasn't trying to just suck money out of them or get all of, you know, get a lot of stuff from them or I wasn't super needy because I had this other job. And basically anything that I made from the business went back into buying gear and buying equipment that I needed. And, you know, that was a, a huge tool for me. And so I think sometimes the entrepreneurship is a little glorified in the fact that if you're not doing it as your sole job, that you're not an entrepreneur. And I don't really uh, agree with that. I think you can have a full-time job and start side gigs, side hustles, and see where they grow. And maybe you want them to become your full-time job, but maybe you're happier if they don't. And so um, I think I've just stayed really open. Like there's there's no, I used to say, oh, I would never take a job. And now I'm at a place where I'm like, I've done this. It's a successful business. Like if time goes on and I, there's an amazing opportunity for me to work for someone or work for a company that I really love, like there's a chance that I could take that. And I think it just comes back to like not finding your worth in, you know, this business succeeding or not succeeding. It's more about, you know, do you love it? Are you passionate about it? And I think your customers notice that if you're not, if you're not super needy, if you have this other job that's kind of, you know, uh, supporting you there in the beginning. What would be the formula to creating a successful business or, or is there one? It's a loaded question. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's a formula. If there is, it probably works some of the time. Um, I was thinking the other day, you know, about people that want to start podcasts or start a YouTube channel, start 
a business, you know, I think when I look back on it, it's really um, not about getting rich or not about trying to, you know, become known or whatever, but it's really like, if you're going to be a successful business, you're going to be serving your customers. Like, what are you bringing to the marketplace? What are you bringing to people to add value to their lives or to their businesses? And that's what's going to cause them to pay you for services. And so I think just sitting down and thinking like, okay, this is going to take a lot out of me as a person or my team. Like I'm going to be giving and bringing. And, and so thinking through that uh, and just say like, okay, well, what do I have to offer? What am I good at? What do I enjoy? Um, that might be a good starting place. And also just, you know, leveling the expectations of saying like, hey, maybe like, especially if you're where you are right now, I would say try something. And it's like, maybe this is it, but maybe it's not like, don't, don't, uh, you know, kill yourself to think, oh my gosh, if this is not it, I'm a failure. I think there's so many entrepreneurship stories where they re they have a lot of failures before finding that thing that, that they really enjoy and that is successful for them. I guess, what would your advice be for creating a successful customer base? I would say the most challenging thing, and I've, I've kind of experienced this recently with starting the YouTube channel, is like, there's just not a lot of people following you in the beginning. There's not a lot of people interested in what you're doing. And so it's really focusing in and saying like, I really care about what this one person thinks. I really care if this helps one person. I really care if this brings value to one person's life. And like that kind of starts to snowball. And I think it's easy to say, man, I'll like, I'll be, I'll work really hard and try hard if I have a big audience or a big customer base. But I think although we're in the years of like social media ads and all that, I think a lot of the traditional ways of word of mouth you know, writing thank you cards, like a lot of things that are old ways of calling your customers, those things really work because, you know, word of mouth is not dead just because the internet internet age is here. People really want to know like what you offer and they want to read reviews. And so I think, you know, maybe it's easy to focus on the customers I don't have, but if I'm, if I refocus and say like, let me really care about the ones that I do have and like get their feedback and say, okay, well, what was your experience like? Or like, Hey, you have to tell me something bad about this experience. Even if it wasn't awful, like tell me something I could improve on. And like, I think, uh, really valuing that even if it's small group of people, um, then it can really add value and help you grow. Um, what or who are some of your biggest influences or inspirations in the entrepreneurship world? It's a great question. Um, What's funny is when I first got into this, I just consumed like everything other videographers were doing. I would look, you know, learn from videographers. I would reach out to them. I would watch them. And like, not that I don't really do that anymore. <clears throat> I think from a creative aspect, I, f I now find myself more inspired by like music or theater or movies um, and like other areas are like literally just making myself stare at photographs or artwork and like try and find inspiration in that as opposed to only staying in my exact field. Um, that would be from creativity uh, aspect. From the, from the point of entrepreneurship, I think, you know, just seeing people, <clears throat> really seeing people on YouTube, like talk through like how it's really changed their life and how it's created freedom for them. And it's not really about like, oh, the entrepreneurs want to drive the, you know, Lamborghinis and have the big houses and whatever. And like, no, that's bad. I think it's just leveling that expectation of saying like this is for me to have freedom in my life and it, it's probably going to cost me a lot of work um to to have that and you end up working more than the nine to five sometimes but um yeah people on youtube uh like a, a lot of i've read dave ramsey's books that, that are really good um 
Gary V on YouTube is good. He can be a little much if you if you like overly consume. But I think a healthy level of different people. Like I, I need somebody to you know I want to listen to something motivational, but I don't want to listen to that all the time. And so um, that's really helpful. And then just even like seeing business owners in my life and like a friend of mine out of Atlanta. Like I'll just call him once a month, and for some reason when I talk to him, he just causes me to to, to dream and think bigger and. Like he just runs at 100 miles an hour, so I just call him for 30 minutes and we bounce ideas and and really just connecting with other people in in the entrepreneurship space has been helpful too. When you first started out, in terms of marketing, how did you draw people to your business? Um, I think early on it was word of mouth. Uh, from the wedding industry, I think it's a little bit one-sided because that business is so word of mouth. Um, you know, you have a bride that gets married, but then you have a ton of bridesmaids, you know, with them. With the businesses, the business type content, it's a little bit different. Um, but I think just consistently trying to put out the work that I was doing. And so I'll give you an example. Um, like I, I shot a video at my favorite coffee shop, posted it online, and then ended up getting hired for another coffee shop's video project because they thought I got paid to make the other project, you know? So it's like, in a sense, it is doing, you know, it's, it is doing some free work. It's doing some spec work. It's if you have a product, trying to get it in the right people's hands uh, and kind of giving more than you're getting, especially in the beginning, uh, is, you know, something that you have to do. But I think it definitely does pay off. But like I said, I know it sounds so old school, but like word of mouth and like making those customers happy is really important. And obviously like Facebook and Instagram and like all of that. It can be annoying and overwhelming and, you know, comparison and all that, but I think it is a tool and it's super helpful to like get your product or what you do out there. Even if, even if you're doing it for free at first, you know, or kind of what you're putting out might look like you're getting paid to do it, but it, it's more about what people's perception is of that, you know. What was your biggest challenge? I know you've been doing this for five or six years and there's, you know, there's always bumps along the road, but what's the biggest thing that kind of had to be overcome? Yeah, I think it was learning to say no and also raise my prices because early on you just take on everything and you do as much as possible and you just take every opportunity and you do whatever comes your way because you just don't have a lot of opportunities. And then when you get in a position where you have a lot of opportunities, <clears throat> one thing I ran into is like I would overbook myself and then I would say, oh my gosh, I need to hire you know someone to help me. But then if I hire someone to help me, that just kind of offsets the extra money that I made by the extra bookings. And so you're kind of, you know, managing that supply and demand saying there's a book that I have not read yet. So I hate to recommend it, but I've heard it's good. It's called Company of One. It's like why, why it's better to stay small now. And I'm interested in reading it because everybody always says, grow your business, make it bigger. But obviously, every time you're hiring someone, you need to, you know, be making that extra money to, uh, you know, offset those costs. And sometimes people hire two or three people and end up making less money than if they would have been by themselves and been able to manage that amount of work that they did. But it's just really easy to just keep taking, keep taking, keep taking that work. And then you kind of get yourself in a position where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a one person or one man show and I'm not going to be able to do all this and still do it in a timely manner and answer emails and take calls and meetings you know, there's a whole other list of things. Do your own taxes if you're doing that. There's like the whole list of things that kind of go with that small business hat. How do you get your parents on board with following your dreams? I would say my mom always believed in me, but she was also, uh, parents are kind of risk management, which is totally understandable. Like they want you to be safe. They want you to be healthy. They want you to make a living. 
you know, they're thinking about risk, not, you know, in some, some instances, not your opportunities. And I will say that can be different based on your parents. They mean well, but uh, sometimes I think the hard part is like what I had to find with my mom was that um, I couldn't like bring her my um, kind of uncertainty. I needed to really bring her like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I feel like I need to do. And I think that confidence that I brought to her really helped her uh, then feel confident about what I was doing. And so when I went to quit my job, it was like, my parents were like, what in the world are you crazy? Um, but I ended up coming back to them and being like, I really think this is the right thing. I really need to do this. And they ended up kind of coming around supporting me on that. And I think, you know, there's tons of talking points of why people would tell you not to grow a business. They're going to tell you retirement, um, health insurance, all of things that you can get as a single, you know, solo business owner you're not going to get some of the retirement benefits that you would get at a big company. But at the same time, don't think through, you know, say you decide to start your business right out of college or whatever, like don't think that it's a forever decision. It could be an, a great experience that opens up more opportunities for you or leads you into another career path. I think just being a little bit more open and <clears throat> the idea that people have to, you know, know their whole life plan at 20 or 21 is just crazy to me. Um, so I try to keep it a little more open and, you know, from the standpoint of parents or whoever, like they're probably either going to be very supportive or like a little bit skeptical sometimes just because they, they weren't raised in a generation where it was as common. It wasn't as, uh, it wasn't as different or crazy as, as it is today. Like one of my personal friends, um, just like he was like at the beginning of 2020, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on YouTube. I'm going to explode on YouTube. And like, he is moving to LA and like making a lot of money on YouTube. And that's not, it's not the point. The point is that, you know, it's just a different world than what our parents and older people grew up in. And there was some of that entrepreneurship, but it was more of like, you know, the, you know, um, the local service type businesses, which are great businesses. My grandpa had one, uh, doing construction and things like that. But with the digital world, there's just a lot of different stuff going around now. And I would say, you know, sometimes managing those, those people that kind of are a little skeptical actually helped me think through some things I need to think through. They made me think through, oh, I need to manage this risk or I need to work really hard so that this works out. And, um, I just really chose to get around people that kind of spoke into my dreams and spoke into my uh, ambitions and really encouraged me, even if they weren't perfect ideas, listening to content or, online courses or teachers, professors, whatever it may be, to really encourage um, pushing forward. And I think no matter what it looks like, kind of whatever you experience, whatever you learn is either gonna help you in your business or it's gonna help you in another job. Like if I was hiring somebody tomorrow, if they were like, hey, I've had a business for five years and now I'm not doing it, I'd be like, that's awesome. Like you've learned a lot, you've experienced a lot, you were driven enough to wanna do that, you know? And so I think um, there's a ton of ways of looking at it, but it's just, it's a new world. I mean, it's not new to us, but it's new to people older than us, at least I would say. I'm um, the associate director of the program. And one of the things that I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about is maybe, could you share a story about like a mistake or a failure you had and what the lesson was that you learned? Yeah, that's a great question. I want to think through it so I answer in the right way. Um, there's plenty of failures that I could think through. Um, okay, we'll go into this one. This is going to be a little deep, but Matthew's used to my deep conversations. Um, I think that really is a is a per, having a personal business or a small business, whether you have another job or not, 
it is really, it, it flows out of you as a person. So like if your product's good, if your business is good, that's all great. But if like you as a person don't feel strong or you don't feel centered or you don't have other things in your life that are kind of centering you, then things can quickly like spiral out of control. Like if your only focus is the business, if your only goal is like if all these little things and my goals don't work out, I'm going to be broken. So I think I went through a season where um, I was dating someone and it just became like the focus of my life. And, and so I think because it just naturally does sometimes. And when that ended, I kind of realized like, oh, I became really dependent here. I became uh, not as focused on the business. And, and it really showed me that example of, although my business is separate from who I am as a person, if if I'm not you know, exercising or whatever the things I need to do to stay in a good mental state and stay happy, uh, and of course it's not about being perfect, but I think in a sense that discipline in your life, uh, that independence, that happiness that we're all kind of trying to have through life, it definitely does affect your business. And so I found in times where, you know, there were situations where, hey, I should have said no to go hang out with my friends that weekend because I should have gotten my work done or, you know, I shouldn't have let myself get too deep into that relationship because it allowed me, it caused me to stop focusing on my business. And, you know, those are things you learn later on. But I think now uh, the positive side of that is that it kind of levels your thinking and makes you realize like, oh, and this could be applied to any kind of job or business. But I think it just reminds you like I need to have some quiet space in my life. I need to go for a walk, go for a run, read a book, whatever. You know, if all I'm doing is scrolling social media, um, hanging out with friends constantly on my computer, my brain just doesn't. Eventually, you kind of just reach that point of like burnout. And I think I definitely reached that place. But you know, in the end, it's been it's been cool. Of course, every day is a challenge, and it's it's some days it's it's harder than not. But I think the comparison with social media, things like that, can really slow you down from your own personal success. Uh, if you're trying to if you're trying to run somebody else's race, you know, like I mentioned earlier my friend who's a YouTuber now, I kind of watch what he does and it, it made me want to work. I was like, I need to focus on YouTube more. I need to do more like him. And then I found myself like not focusing on certain things uh, because I was just comparing myself to him. And, and he's an amazing person to compare myself to, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just bad if it kind of derails me from the path I was on. And so, yeah, I think your happiness and all that is kind of outside of your business. And then if you have a successful business or a job you love, then that's kind of icing on the cake. That's on top of, you know, the great relationship with, with friends and family that I already have and things like that. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you were able to take something away from this and apply it to your life. No matter how you choose to listen, we're here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or also if you want to watch on YouTube, you can subscribe to any of those three places and we will be continuing our consistent every week content around faith, creativity, and entrepreneurship.